What sorts of things bring you joy? It might be something simple, like snuggling into bed each night, excited for the coffee that awaits you in the morning. It might be something beautiful, like a thick blanket of snow and the muted crunch as you walk over it at night. Or something delicious, like sweet English toffee or a peppermint mocha. It might be something silly, like watching endless marathons of cheesy Christmas rom-coms all month long. Oftentimes, we use the language of guilty pleasure or indulgence to describe what brings us joy, as though to distance ourselves from the delight that these things offer. Perhaps it feels frivolous or even dangerous to focus on simple joy in the midst of a hard couple years, like Pollyanna masking over real pain. But joy is not a simple gratitude list or even base pleasure. Joy is a taste of God's goodness here and now. It's a hint of the delight to come, even in the darkness of today. Welcome to Kitchen Meditations, a weekly podcast from Edible Theology, where we examine the ways God meets us in the kitchen and at the table. I'm your host, Kendall Vanderslice. If you're hungry for a taste of God's hope and healing in the mundane tasks of your everyday life, then you've come to the right place. May these meditations bring you a bit of grounding as you prepare to eat today and every day. Let's get started with a spiritual mise en place, a prayer to orient ourselves before we begin. In the professional kitchen, mise en place is this process of preparing your workspace for everything you're about to make. It entails measuring your ingredients. It requires that you read your recipe all the way through so that the kitchen becomes a place that brings you joy instead of endless frustration. I like to think of it as a time to prepare my own mind and body as well, asking God to be present with me as I cook or as I bake. Our spiritual mise en place today is drawn from Paul's letter to the Philippians. Slow your breathing. Now as you breathe, repeat with me. Inhale. Rejoice in the Lord always. And as you exhale, Again, I say, rejoice. I have long been convinced that I would make the ideal protagonist for a Christmas rom-com. You know the kind I'm talking about. They play on a constant loop this time of year, made by Hallmark, Lifetime, Netflix, and more. The stories are all alike. Hardworking person escapes the daily grind and finds love alongside work-life balance. All thanks to the magic of Christmas. It doesn't matter that these movies are all the same, comprised of stereotypes and vague notions of holiday cheer. As a professional writer and scholarly type, 
it's probably expected that I would maintain a more discerning taste in art, but the truth is I just love these movies. Maybe it's because in a small way, I see myself in them. I'm a baker and writer, two of the rom-com developers' favorite tropes. My last name is Vanderslice, to which everyone replies, Wow, like a slice of bread, you were destined for this job. I'm single, and my best bud is a bread-loving beagle called Strudel, who is the primary taste tester for everything I make. And I have a not-so-secret dream of moving to a small town where I can live in relative obscurity and go back to running my own bakery one day. Now, I don't expect my life to unfold like the predictable script, and in all honesty, I don't really want it to, but these movies bring me joy. And there's enough hardship in life to smother us, so I will hold on to even the silliest sources of joy wherever I can. This is the third week of Advent, the theme of which is joy. It seems to me that we in the American West have some trouble with the concept of joy. I see this most readily in the language we use around food, in the ways we defend our enjoyment of food, or even the ways we fear our enjoyment of food. We say that we've indulged in a peppermint white mocha as a reward for lifting weights. Or we call pumpkin spice lattes our guilty pleasure. We make quips like a moment on the lips, but a lifetime on the hips, as though our goal should be to overcome the desire for something tasty. This struggle to truly experience joy extends beyond the kitchen table. It's mirrored in our relationship to movies or TV shows. It's even mirrored in our reactions to other people who express the ways they find joy. In order to foster a more joyful relationship with food and eating, we need to first consider our relationship to joy itself. Some of us are lured into believing that joy comes through consumption filling our lives with more and more stuff to try and capture the feeling. Others of us are so convinced that consumerism squelches true joy that we cling to a form of asceticism that doesn't allow us any kind of pleasure. And some of us are so affected by the weight of this weary world that we poo-poo those who truly do find joy in simple things. I wonder if one of these circumstances describes you. To recover joy in our lives, I suppose we ought to begin by asking what exactly joy is and what it is not. Joy is not just happiness. It's not mustering up a positive attitude and forcing a smile to pretend we're not in pain. Joy is not something we can force on ourselves or on others. It's something that wells up in us, a fruit of the Holy Spirit that we experience in the midst of the hardship we face. Joy is our reaction to beauty, to love, to wonder, to hope. 
It's something that doesn't make sense in the midst of an aching world. And yet, it's what gets us through. Joy is made possible by the fact that despite the ways creation groans, God's healing is still breaking in. It's easy to believe that since joy is a gift of the spirit, we can only experience it when we loose ourselves of the trappings of this physical world. Because of this, we might even convince ourselves that true joy comes through setting aside the things in our lives that actually bring us delight. But that's not what God desires for us. Joy is a gift of the spirit, certainly, but we experience it through the world that God created and that God called good. We experience joy through a steaming mug of hot chocolate, through the giggles of our nephew as the whipped cream sticks to his nose. Joy is a gift that points us towards God's desire for us to flourish in the midst of brokenness. And joy enables us to endure the brokenness and pain of the world today. As much as I love the Hallmark-style Christmas movies, I roll my eyes at them too. Frankly, I spend more time analyzing the genre than is probably good for me. The movies and the various ways that people respond to them are a fascinating study of our relationship to joy. The tropes are easy to mock. Someone is always too dedicated to work. Usually a loved one is sick or has died. But a Christmas spent in community and the introduction of love transforms the character into a better version of him or herself. We mock, in part, because these movies point to something we desire. To be known by community. To be surprised by love. To experience joy in something as simple as a Christmas tree lighting or a holiday fair. Now, I don't believe we'll actually find deep abiding joy through some vague notion of holiday cheer. Sadly, the world these characters inhabit is way less complex than our own. But the longing that drives the story is a longing that we all share. A longing for simplicity, for community, for love. It's the longing of a creation that aches for God's healing. Unlike the characters in the Hallmark world, we don't need to rely on a snowstorm that forces us to pause or on the fates to fix everything. In this season of Advent, we begin by facing the reality of this aching world. Then we remember that Christ has come and Christ is coming again. And while we wait, we're given tastes of God's goodness to carry us through. Maybe for you, that's found cuddled up on your couch, watching the latest flick about a writer and her dog, or in dreaming of a future career as a small-town baker. Maybe it's found in a thick slice of panettone, dunked in coffee, or the menu you're planning for Christmas morning. Wherever you find that taste of joy this year, allow yourself to relish it. Don't use the terms indulgence or guilty pleasure. Don't tell yourself you need to earn the delight by first lifting weights or going on a run. Don't couple your joy with shame of any kind. Allow yourself to delight in God's creation. 
This joy is a gift offered by a God who loves us, who sees us, and who knows our longing, our hurt, and our pain. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, rejoice. We'll get to our kitchen tip in just a moment, but I want to take a quick break to tell you more about Edible Theology. Edible Theology is an educational media project helping you connect the communion table to the kitchen table. We offer Bible studies, bread baking workshops, and a digital community to help you meet God through food. We've got a full slate of gifts for the bread-loving folks in your life this year, but I'm especially excited about our Baker's Table gift certificates. The Baker's Table is a community for those who hunger to know God with head, hands, and heart. We'll spend the next year learning all about the fundamentals of bread baking, using both commercial yeast and sourdough. With monthly workshops, weekly recipes, and a community forum to troubleshoot all your baking questions, it's the ideal community for anyone who wants to make bread this coming year. Choose from a three-month, six-month, or one-year gift certificate to the baker's table, and you'll also receive a list of tools, books, and ingredients that make great presents to go with it. Not sure if your bread-loving friend is ready for that kind of commitment? Buy them our Bake and Pray On Demand course instead. This self-guided video course will teach them all they need to know to get started baking bread. Shop all of our holiday offerings today at learn.edibletheology.com holiday. Again, that's learn.edibletheology.com holiday. Our kitchen tip today is for those of you who struggle to find joy through food. Whether you dislike the look of your body, or you are tired of contending with allergies, or you simply feel shame about the act of eating, it can be really difficult to allow yourself to find joy in food. I'm not going to pretend to offer a simple fix here. There are so many layers to our relationship with eating that are genuinely hard to work through. But we can start by paying attention to how we talk about the things we enjoy. Pay attention this week to the words you use to talk about your food. Do they reflect gratitude for the gifts of God or shame over the presence of delight or hunger? Do you feel the need to defend or earn your pleasure to prove your self-control? Maybe commit one day to writing down the words or phrases you say, think, or hear in relation to food and the act of eating. Next, reflect back on these words and phrases and consider how they impact your ability to find joy. Consider a few alternate words or phrases that you could incorporate into your vocabulary instead. Rather than calling chocolate your weakness, claim the joy. Say, I love chocolate. Next time you find yourself thinking, I went running today, so I earned this ice cream. Tell yourself, I got to enjoy a run and I get to enjoy this ice cream. What a glorious day. 
It might sound simple, but these small shifts in language make a massive difference in how we relate to both food and to joy. And now to close, a prayer for laughter. God of Sarah, when our bodies fail us or the world hurts us or the circumstances of life bear down, you are the God who still desires that we find delight and joy. Teach us to laugh. Not the kind of laughter that scoffs at simple pleasure or that secretly masks shame. Teach us to laugh with full belly joy to see and delight in the creation you've made. And may that laughter give us strength to face the pain of aching bodies in an aching world, of circumstances beyond our control. In our laughter, remind us that nothing is too wonderful for you. Amen. Kitchen Meditations is brought to you by Edible Theology, where the communion table meets the dinner table. Learn more and sign up for our weekly newsletter at edibletheology.com. And be sure to follow us on Instagram at edibletheology. If you want to discuss this episode with other food-loving folks, then join our free community at community.edibletheology.com. We post discussion questions every Monday to keep the conversation going. A huge thank you to my assistant, Hannah Hargrave, and to our producers, Nick Thompson and Richard Clark at Area Code, who made this podcast possible. We would love it if you could rate and review us on iTunes, then share this episode with your friends. Your help ensures that others discover this podcast too.